0: You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese. so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much.
1: Professor Evil built a time machine to steal some of history's most famous treasures and it's your job to rescue them. He's locked them away in his spooky castle and devised a series of sinister traps to keep them safe. Team up with your fellow adventurers to sneak into the mansion and recover the treasures. Plan carefully and use your unique skills to unlock doors, deactivate the traps, distract the professor, and stay out of his way. You'll have to work together if you want to beat him. Can you grab the Mona Lisa, the Rosetta Stone, and Excalibur before the time runs out? Or will these priceless artifacts be lost forever? The race is on.
0: So, welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. This is Justin. And Mindy. And we are now back on episode two within quarantine. Technically episode 49, but uh, second without Ricky because he's locked at home and we're locked in our homes.
1: (laughs) Because we have a stay-at-home in place.
2: Yeah.
0: So, thank you for joining once again. I guess it wasn't too bad the first time.
1: (laughs) I'm here. I mean, you can't really get rid of me, but I'm here.
0: The good news is uh, you picked this week's uh, review, so we're going to talk about Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time by Funforge. Uh, This is a two-to-four-player game. uh, Cooperative. Plays in about 30 to 45 minutes, according to the box. Um, That's pretty good with two players with Four players, it's pushing closer, probably to the hour.
1: Yes, yeah, and um, depending upon how your players are, if they're fast turns or slow turns, right.
0: But um, yeah, what I've noticed is usually with full player counts on this one, it gets a little bit longer um, because there's a lot more, a little more moving pieces, more decision points between two players to four players. So yeah. Um. So before we dive into the review of. Citadel of Time. Besides Citadel of Time, Mindy, what else have you been playing?
1: Um, Santa Monica. That's uh, that's basically what I've been playing in, in Citadel of Time. Uh, okay. yeah, that's <laughs> just sticking to games that I've been playing with you. So, I I tried to hop on one of my apps to play something, and uh, I'm trying to stay off the phone more. So.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, So on top of the Citadel of Time and Santa Monica that we played together, Mm -hmm. uh, I demoed out Frosthaven, which went on Kickstarter this last week, uh, through Tabletop Simulator, uh, Legendary, a Marvel deck-building game, um, and messing around with Charterstone, the new digital version of that, too. Okay. So... I've been busy virtually playing games, <laughs> um, which, yeah, you know, that's how I get my fix on different games too. Yes. That way, I don't have to force you to play every game.
1: No, I've been petting cats. That's that's what I do. That's fair. <laughs>
0: so, um, let's talk about Professor Evil Citadel. Time um, put out by Funforge. Forge. It's a relatively small, lightish box. Um, designed by um, Brent Gilbert and Matthew Dunstan. Um, and it's this neat co-op game. Uh, the whole idea is there is the evil professor walking around his spooky mansion. We're trying to turn off his booby trap switches to rescue treasures that if he if the time passes too much, he'll lock them away uh, forever, and we won't have access to it. And it is a race to four, essentially. So you either have to rescue four treasures, or he has to, to...
1: Take save. four treasure.
0: He locks away four treasures. Yes. <clears throat> so, it's a, it's a go going bounds and there's definitely a lot of that, like, well, we're not gonna... He's gonna have to capture that one, because we're not gonna be able to get it. So it's never really a four-to-zero in one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, Usually no. you get one or two. He
1: then, gets one or two, and then you're kind of back and forth, and it's yeah. always kind of that last couple that you're mm-hmm. racing to try and beat before him.
0: So, big overview. Um, you get three actions a turn, and you get uh, each character's unique, and they have a unique deck of cards that you get two of the cards, and you get to play one of the two, which really themes up each character very specially. hmm um, they're all very unique in that sense, and all six of their cards are very unique, too. So you, you cycle through that, like, every fourth turn, you're reshuffling your deck and getting a new set of two cards.
1: Yes, and um, they rotate out, obviously, as you're shuffling, which, yep. which is good and bad.
0: Yep. Um, <laughs> so. And you can unlock doors, which is an action. You can turn a switch off in your room, which is an action. Um, and you can move, which is an action. Um, the last action is if you are in a room with a treasure you can save that treasure provided that all the switches that are are on that treasure are turned off at that time yep. and then if that's the case they turn on when you rescue it and then the whole process and you start
1: all away. over yeah. yep
0: so game mechanics relatively simple, but the strategy of how who does what what actions that's where it gets a little trickier yeah um, they do recommend it for eight up.
1: Yeah, and I can definitely see that there's there's some cards that have a lot of reading mm-hmm. um, and understanding what you're reading, but, uh, I mean, not terrible. Just color yeah. and rolling dice and figuring yep. out what option you're choosing.
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing. After you take your turn, the professor takes his turn by rolling. You roll three dice. Uh, the main time clock of when he seals treasures is one of them, and that moves usually one space, but it can move two. Mm-hmm. And then there's the color die and the professor die. He'll either move one, two, three spaces along a red, blue, or green color path, and or he's got a secret passage which will allow him to jump to that treasure that of the color that's rolled, or um, either a... a five minute or ten minutes where he'll move the marker of that colored treasure backwards closer, closer to, to his closer to his uh, time mark
1: time of getting that treasure yeah.
0: so all in all that's the main big concept what's your first impressions when you when you saw it all time and, and got it
1: well first i'm going to talk about this box okay, okay. i'm going to talk about the design of the box because just the picture on the box yeah because the designer in me likes the simplicity of this
0: Okay.
1: I have seen a lot of games that have a lot going on mm-hmm. and I like the simplicity. Okay. The girly side of me wants more color, wants more something. <laughs> it, it's kind of, it's, it's very nice and simple and I love that part of it, but there's also, if this was on the shelf, this wouldn't draw me to it. I love the game. Mm-hmm. I love playing it, but there's nothing that pulls me over to this box to pick it up and look at it.
0: See, I think the font of the title is the only thing that actually draws me on it.
1: When you start looking at it closer, it makes more sense. You know, you got the vault on the front, you got a professor in there, Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense, and if you're staring at it, it's great, but...
0: But almost in the same sense, on a game store shelf, this will stand out.
1: Because it's so simple.
0: Because of what you just pointed out like, right it is so simple it will catch your attention right. even if it's not colorful or flashy it's just different from everything else so marketing wise i think they
1: I are think, doing something right there like i said the design side of me loves the design and how simple it looks okay the girly side of me wants a little bit more color Fair. but that's you know the girly side of me and that's just me obviously yeah so um but yes, overall, I love the box. I love the the simplicity of it, especially compared to plenty of other boxes that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I had been the one to grab this off the shelf. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, you know more about games. I kind of just draw the ones that I think look cute, and then you tell me about them.
0: It's true. Yes. Um, so the only other thing I will say about the box itself is for storage and packing up. We'll we'll talk about the insert in a Mm -hmm. second, but I'm actually, the outer box is thin. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: about half the size of most boxes.
1: Most game boxes, yeah.
0: And for someone who collects games, I like the idea that it is compact. Yes. So, there's not much wasted space going on in this box where most other game boxes you can rip out the components and it'll fill about maybe a third of the, of, box. Of the empty box space. Mm-hmm. So, right. so going into um, other first impressions, when I actually got this game, I was super impressed with the insert, the actual inside of the box. Mm-hmm. Everything has its home, everything has its place, and it was nice and, like, this is easy to clean up, and everything's ready to go. Yeah. Um. Your character cards are nice, uh,
1: pretty big size.
0: Yeah, the tarot size cards.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they're they're big, oversized, very easy to, to handle. You're only shuffling six of them, so you're not even like shuffling like a huge stack of cards or anything monstrous. And then your player card, and with your special abilities, which don't start active, um, is like this cardboard thing, and you can flip and flip and flip and flip mm-hmm. as you turn it on and off. And then all of the other, like, chits and things, um, we got wooden pieces for the doors, wooden markers for the treasure, um, which treasure is which color, Mm -hmm. and where they are on the main clock. Um, The cardboard standees, the cardboard treasures, and the cardboard switches are all pretty heavy, thick cardboard. Yeah. Like, we've played this game a bunch. We've had it for a while. Other than than the player cards, nothing's really showing any wear or tear.
1: Right. And those aren't even too bad. Yeah. Um, and Honestly, for a game, there's not a lot of pieces to it, which mm-hmm. is nice. No. Because I'm not, I it- don't want to spend a lot of time setting up, a lot of time taking apart and putting away. So it's actually really nice to be, everything has a slot, which is nice. Yep. It makes it easy. Um, Obviously, we are very big on using bags within our games, which also mm-hmm. helps um, for some of those little pieces, Mm -hmm. but there is a spot for everything, which is nice, and then the board fits on top of it.
0: And if memory serves, most of the bags are what came Came with with it. it. Yeah, I don't think I, I I don't think I added any actual baggies to it, because it was like, here's the wooden pieces in a bag. I may have rechanged what what, goes where, what, what was in what bag, but that was it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so first impressions, like, it, it's nice, um, it's not intimidating looking right, and that I think that's what you were getting at was that there's no
1: right and that that's a big thing for me because i'm not I'm not big into those long board games, and I have to spend five hours for a board game, and it takes an hour to put together and I, that's just I'm not into that i i <laughs> I I'm... could sit that long, but I don't want to I know. so yeah. But, uh, that's why
0: I have my Twilight Imperium days without you.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we play games like this, like Citadel of Time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. I
0: will say I always call it the Citadel of Time because the Professor Evil tag is like this nice, or this little moniker of, like, Professor Evil fits halfway across Citadel. Right. Like, it, it's, yeah. I know it's part of the title, title?
1: but Citadel of well, Time is what you see. Right, and there's a lot of things like that. It's mm-hmm. just easier to call it something else than it is. So we call it Citadel of Time. Yep. So.
0: What are, so we've gone over First Impressions, what are the things that this game does well, compared to other games or, or, or whatever? So what what's the things that it wins at?
1: Um, one, definitely set up, being easy, being simple. Um, and, I mean, the book, it, it's a pretty thick book for setting up, or for not for setting up, but for um, just information in general. But setups really easy. It's only mm-hmm. like a page or two, and it's like half of those at that, which is something I like. I'm not going to read a lot. Um, I know I've got you most of the time that just does it for me. But the <laughs> first time we went back through this, I wanted to read through and kind of look at that.
0: Right. And, and and
1: And figure out.
0: You got it pretty quickly. Yeah. It would have been if I wasn't there, it would have been like a couple rules
1: to tweets check, yeah, that you
0: might have to check, but yeah, like yeah, no, the setup's pretty easy,
1: the setup, the play, mm-hmm. um, I mean, picking your characters, it's really just a matter of preference and who you're playing with, how many people you're playing with, mm-hmm. obviously, certain characters are better than others if you've got a smaller amount compared to a larger amount,, yeah. um you know, uh. Honestly it like overall really well. It does great with strategy and working mm-hmm. with your partner and trying or people that you're playing with. Yep. Um, your other players to try and figure out what you're gonna do. Obviously there's a little bit of luck.
0: Right. And that's more on the professor that's... side of things. Mm-hmm. So like most co op games, everything can be planned perfectly and that's... then the professor dice roll and then everything is screwed, screwed up. up. Right. So yeah, it, it's, yeah. you have to have that element right. in a co-op. Right, You have to be able to ha- be, and the, the, the trick to winning is really to be able to, A, mitigate that mm-hmm. chance, or plan around, right. you know. Right,
1: and the more you can plan.
0: Worst case scenario, this is what he can do. Right. What can we do to either, A, prevent it, or B, mm-hmm. if that's what has to happen, we know what we're going right. to do to react to it.
1: And I can definitely see with more players needing much more strategy. Yes. Um, as the professor, as you guys are trying to do more. If you've got four players, you're.
0: He acts three times ins- between your turns, right? If you're at full table,
1: right. So you can't necessarily plan out as far as advance <laughs> as you might want to, compared to the two of us playing. So, um, so that's kind of one of those things. Um it does really good at using those powers that your characters have
2: mm-hmm. um
1: to their ability as long as you you know what you're trying to do. Um definitely your as a player, your backside of your board of things that you can do once you're able to flip those. Yeah. Um especially I mean, for two players that's really nice because it's every it's like 30 minutes mm-hmm. you're able to flip or first 15 and then 30 minutes later. Right. Um, but I could definitely see if you have more players.
0: Who gets to turn the board over becomes a
1: huge, huge choice. Huge choice. Especially because things like, you know, you've got your standard. If you can flip your board, that you've got your standard. Every time I have my turn, I could do something. Right. Either right. before or after, whatever. A, a standard every time. Always you,
0: active power while that side's face up. But then they have a super powerful in addition to your turn flip this down do this thing right it turns off your everything
1: everything but your superpower is a superpower it gets you things that you might really want um and some are better than others i will say that yeah um you know playing as one character to take all the move actions that i could possibly need Is great, especially if the castle is unlocked. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can move all around and just do three actions that you would need. However, one of the other characters moving a timepiece to be able to do something gets a little sketchy.
0: Yeah, I could see that. So, I like the puzzle that this game offers people because, as you were even saying, Mindy, um, this is a lighter, more casual game, something that you can approach and actually. I wouldn't call this a lightweight game. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's definitely on the lighter side of the spectrum, but I wouldn't really call it like a gateway light game, like, hey, let's learn how to play this and learn modern board gaming. Right. But from someone like myself, who's a little bit heavier on the strategy games and the more thinking and more brain-burning games, there's enough in here that I'm entertained, Mm -hmm. but not too much where you're intimidated. Right. And I think it strikes a really good balance that way. Um, the one thing that I always enjoy about this game is always thinking of if the professor moves around his castle. Because if he moves into the room with you, you have to escape and you, like, you leave the castle and you have to re-enter it. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know like anyone's here. So the entire time, I feel like he's going around thinking he's <laughs> insane. Because the way they describe his actions is if he moves through an unlocked door, he locks it. But did they call it is Doors. Quote, I'm pretty sure that door was closed. Yep. Uh, Switches. Oh, you can never rely on these machines.
1: They automatically turn off for you.
0: And and he'll turn them back on. And Mm -hmm. then uh, if he uh, runs into a character, it's a, oh, is anybody there? (laughs) And I feel like he's like this bumbling, like, mad scientist. He is. Who's slightly losing his marbles. Wander around his, his, oh, I'm his spooky sure. mansion.
1: I'm sure he's wandering around just scratching his head going, didn't I turn this off already? Right, or turn this on already? Right. Why why is this off again? Right. Yeah.
0: Um, the other thing I really enjoy, the art and the aesthetics of the game. Uh, and Ricky usually talks about the art, but the board itself, all the rooms are kind of color-coded, color-coded yeah. almost like a clue board. I was going
1: to say, it's like a clue board. It actually really is. It's color-coded, I mean obviously you don't have any you know so many spots or whatever, right. but you have a room that's your spot, mm-hmm. essentially, but yeah, they're all color corded It's got the nice um outline for where pieces are going, yep. such as your doors that you're placing and your tiles for your treasures and, and the your switches switches everything has a has, has a, a home home yeah. yeah which is nice, and then it's got the nice clock in the center that keeps track of everything for you, which. Honestly is kind of an old fashy looking kind of clock with the Edison bulbs and mm-hmm. you know the old uh, Well, if you
0: look at all the character art.
2: Mhm.
0: it's almost a very steampunk yep. aesthetic. Yeah. You know, Edison, gears, switches, like it mm-hmm. it is very much a steampunk themed game. Um I don't like it for that. Because mm-hmm. there's not many games that actually hit that niche. So, it's, yeah. again, it's a little bit unique in the box art, it's a little unique in the actual inside art, because there's not a lot of games that use this as a theme. Right. Or, or, or genre mm-hmm.
1: themed. One of the other things I like about the board is it's not necessarily on the board per se, it's off to the side, it keeps track of your lost treasures and your safe treasures, mm-hmm. um, giving you those markers so that you know exactly how many you have left. Where you're at. Yeah, so they're, you're not just putting them somewhere and you're forgetting and you know Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you realize the professor had six treasures and (laughs) you didn't even realize you needed to do anything so
0: all right so that's enough good stuff i think Mm -hmm. i think it does a lot of good things in that category what does it not do well
1: and like i said some of it is luck obviously it does a lot Mm -hmm. of luck and a lot of the professor um and what he's doing and obviously you're you're rolling dice for that which mm-hmm. i mean can be anything from the professor moving to um moving the the timepiece which you know your treasure timepieces which can s- totally screw you up which is what a game should do in
0: in a bad roll the right clock marker can move two spaces forward and You've one treasure two spaces, spaces back, so what could have been four spaces away is now zero. Gone, yeah. So there are some, like, mm-hmm. really deep penalties sometimes um, that are
2: luck-based.
1: Yeah. Um, I think... I don't know, sometimes a little bit with the randomness of your, your switch placement... Yes. ...is kind of an issue, because um, maybe maybe all your treasures are really close or all your switches are really close mm-hmm. together um or for instance one of them we had all of a sudden you, before we even started all the switches we need were already off so we could just grab a treasure which right. is great for us but that's not much of a strategy right um and
0: and it, it could also be the reverse where all um all the switches have like a specific number and the most is the locks which have four different mm-hmm. locks and i we've seen the setup where all three treasures that you start with all needed locks right and that's really a Hard, tough start right um
1: luckily <clears throat> those ones give you more time but it usually yes. but i mean if you're trying if you've got all three of them that are giving you a lot of time to start with and you're then trying to get one and yep. you're turning everything off and then it turns back on Especially those locks. When you have four locks, that's a lot to turn on. Especially when you only have two players. Right. So.
0: So that's one of the the downsides is the, because of how the board is set up randomly with what switches are on, and which switches off, and where they're located, what rooms they're located in, what the treasures are, how much time you have with those treasures, mm-hmm. and then the professor died. The randomness is very much there. I wouldn't say the problem with the game. But it's the that's what's giving you the most challenge in the game. Yeah, um, it's a good, it's a great puzzle to work on. As long as you're not frustrated by the puzzle changing it.
1: Yeah.
2: On you. Yeah.
0: Um, the other complaint um, that I think that they could have looked at a little bit better is when you do have the four players. Um, as you said, you only get those flip-up powers mm-hmm. every thirty minutes on the clock. Regardless of the number of players. Right. Um, I want to experiment with like, maybe a full player house rule of when you hit, when you're at 15. four players, two players get to flip up mm-hmm. w- during those time frames. Because otherwise, you're going full two revolutions before everybody has the chance to potentially get it.
1: Right. And, and somebody's power may not be... As suitable as somebody else's that Mm -hmm. who had flipped it over, and now they want to flip it back up. And it makes sense sometimes to never flip your card, but
0: Um, it does. It does have a lot of quarterbacking problem with it too. Mm -hmm. If you have an alpha gamer quarterbacking style player, it is a co-op. There is no hidden information, right? Where I can dictate your turn for you, right? Now, granted, you and I will look at each other and go, "What do you think?" Right, and try to get each other's opinions because sometimes it's like I can't make this call because like right this looks good, but maybe there's something you're seeing that I'm not. But that's well, us as gamers, right, and a, uh, obviously a married couple too, like
1: right. Well, we're yeah, a
0: lot better at communication, <laughs> um, and balancing that. But there yeah. are groups and gamers out there that aren't
1: right. Well, and it's definitely one of those things. I mean, we had a game the other night where I saw something that you didn't, and. That made us win the game. Yeah, it's true. You know. (laughs) So.
2: Um,
1: One thing about the board, Mm -hmm. and just because I've I've seen many of boards and that, I'm kind of the folding Mm -hmm. of this board. I don't necessarily like that the play is on the outside when it's folded. Uh. I kind of prefer it all to be covered. I don't know why. I think it just looks nicer. I guess. I, that's just me. It's a little. I mean, I definitely, I definitely get it. It does look nice when it's sitting out, like mm-hmm. in the corner, like you know, I can see a quarter right. of it right now, and it looks really nice. But
0: I, as a, I, I think it's more for presentation out of the box than anything.
1: I can see that. I definitely can. Like, ooh,
0: what's this new shiny right. thing? As you open it up, um, the manual. Going back to one random, like silly thing, small detail that just tips it in that. Oh, this was nice. The manual, you said it was large, but it's large size. It's not very thick. No. It is the size of the box. Yeah. Exactly the size of the inside of the box. Which, so many games have a smaller manual than the box. And so, like, in shuffling and trampling, it gets scuffed and damaged and beat up. And this thing is.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it is literally the size of the box. It, It is useful for pinning all the components in the box. I usually bookend these things. And none of these components fall out. Right. So.
1: Well, yeah. and this, I mean, this is only 11 pages. So, and. They're and huge. They're
0: huge. They're and there's huge
1: lots but there's of pictures. S- lots of pictures. And they're good pictures. And mm-hmm. they're detailed. And, yeah. you know, maybe for this game, you don't necessarily need that much detail. But it looks very pretty, which right. is nice. So. so, And I, I like things that. Things
0: that did well, things that did not do well. Um, who would you recommend this game for?
1: Um. Definitely people like me, who are not big into long board games mm-hmm. and spending a lot of time setting up and cleaning up. Um, also, even kids with, or even people with kids. Families, yeah. Families. Um, obviously, you know, it says eight and over. Obviously, you have to know your kids and stuff like that, but I definitely think... It's always st-
0: a suggestion.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Um Obviously, we know kids that are much younger that would be fine and kids that are older that would not sit still right. and play this or um, have the thought capacity to do a strategy-type game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good, a good one for young kids to get them started in strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I always say it; I don't like strategy games. And
0: But the ones that we play that you employ decent strategy with, then you win.
1: Yes, and that's not, I just, I don't, I'm not a big strategy person, and that's because i I think the
0: definition I'm... of strategy is what's wrong.
1: Probably. <laughs> but it's Cause, also cause because... when
0: you th- say strategy, I know you're thinking things like Risk, Diplomacy... Right. Uh, ...Twilight Imperium. I'm even, not a bluffer, okay? Even, even the Arkham games. Right. Um, when there's way a lot that's, of pieces moving. Yes, um, yeah.
1: A small the, amount of strategy I'm good with, Ticket to Ride, stuff right. like that. Things where strategy I want to do what I want to do. Yeah.
0: Strategy <laughs> where you can control your turn and your strategy is really independent of everyone else, for the most part. For the most part. we still that, working I think together. that's where you shine versus yes. the yeah. chaos of, like, Small World. I don't think Small World was something you Because that's pretty strategy.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Because there's a lot
0: of other things that can happen. Yeah. So. And I, happen.
1: I like some control because I like to plan. But mm-hmm. I also I'm not opposed to changing it. You know, if right. something happens, and I think that's a good thing, especially for younger people to learn. Um, yeah. you know.
0: And games can be tough and, and not easy to win.
1: Yeah, and, and and I think with kids, it's always easier when you're playing with your family or with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you losing. Right. It's, you know, everybody's everybody losing. losing. Yeah. So you don't you either don't feel great but everybody doesn't feel great or everybody's winning, which is great. Mm-hmm. So um,
0: Would that recommend?
1: Um, definitely small kids. Anybody who doesn't like that ability of being in control mm-hmm. and planning everything out
0: yeah, if you can't deal with uh, all of your plans going up in smoke because of one die roll. Right. This is not a game for you because no. that happens all every the time. Game. Yes. At least
1: once. Oh yeah. And multiple times most times. Usually, yeah. Yeah. So So yeah,
0: if you don't like Luck. Luck after everyone's turn of to like shake to see what happens. Yeah. No. Yeah. No.
1: So. Um Yeah, definitely Yeah. Anybody who doesn't like that, doesn't like strategy mm-hmm. or would prefer to play, you know, a game where they're only dealing with themselves. They don't have to worry about other people um, you know, you yeah. want to work as a team. So mm-hmm. that's kinda
2: Okay. All right. So
0: Citadel A Little Time mm-hmm. has an expansion called the Architects of Magic. We haven't talked about it yet, we just we're talking about the core game. So Architects of Magic is a very small box expansion. It adds Two new characters to play as. So normally the game plays up to four players with five different characters in the core box. This brings it to seven total characters. The other thing that it does well technically two other things. So two new characters adds six new treasures, but they're called Professor's Possessions. So they'll only count as a half treasure in your up to race to four. But they're easier to grab, but they also have a shorter time span. But when you do grab them, they usually have some sort of perk or benefit that you get, um, possibly like not taking, not rolling the professor's dice that turn. Right. But if the professor captures it,
2: he's got his, some... his
0: time marker move it gets accelerated one or two extra spaces. Right. So they're little, little treasures that adds a little bit more um, dynamic of something that's going to be taking a long time to get or something that's a little bit easy, but also fast that he's going to grab and the last feature that it adds is time portals. So every time he moves, if he moves into a room, ends in a room that doesn't have one of these portals, he puts a, you put a portal token on there. And in future turns, if he lands in a space without a, with a time portal in it, you get to roll. Well, I don't say you get to. You Reroll. he gets to essentially go back in time and take another turn. So that really? randomness factor of him like chaining multiple turns becomes worse. Yes. So, the one thing I will say that I like about the expansion is all those three pieces are very modular. If you just want to use the new characters, go for it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If
0: you want to use the time portals,
1: go for For it. it. If you
0: want to use the treasures, you can do that. You can mix them all together. Right. Like, none of them are leaning upon each other, which is actually a really good thing.
1: Yes. So, the first time we added these in, we... We did it all. We did it all. But we also, we use the two new characters. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd necessarily recommend using the two near, new characters together. Um, without anyone without else. Without anyone else, yes. Yeah. If it um, was a four-player
0: game, the two new characters and two old characters would probably be okay. Yeah. But just the two of us and just the two new, yeah, that would
1: Yeah, rough. that was really rough. Um, it's not impossible. Um, it is definitely something you can do, especially if you're very skilled you know and and have played quite a bit um I just think switching them up is always uh, probably a little nicer, especially as you're adding new characters mm-hmm. um obviously, I have a character I would prefer to pay play all the time. you have a favorite I it's do okay. have a favorite um she's a pretty good favorite so <laughs> um the the portals were very interesting Mm -hmm. um i think the one thing with the portals uh it definitely adds that extra ability for the professor to repeat and keep going and keep doing things which can screw you up more um i think the one thing with the portals though is it does take an action and you can clear them from the room
0: that is true you do get the new action to be able to remove them which
1: but you're not adding any Actions to your turn, yeah. Which is the harder hard. part is because now the professor's added stuff, but you're not technically added anything either.
0: That's the that's the downside, on, and it's it kind of stinks in the sense of this is an action economy sort of game. You have three actions around, and now we're going to grant you a new action, but unlike other games, uh, Eldritch Horror is a great example of. Every once in a while, there would be a turn where you didn't have anything, like half your turn, you didn't have another action. Like you get two actions around Mm -hmm. in that game, and you only get. But it was like, well, I don't have anything to do on my second action. Mm -hmm. I've never felt that in Professor Evil, it's a little time, where, well, two out of my three actions did something. Right. And always needed more actions. Right. And to have another choice. Was hard.
1: It is. It's very hard. Um, so that's kind of my one thing with the portals is it does add that challenge, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's probably out of the three of them. Well, uh, the two additional ones, not necessarily the characters, but between that and the professor's um, items, mm-hmm. it is the more difficult one. Um, if you're adding in, yep, just because it does give that. I've had a turn, but now the professors. Moving three different times because he's ran he's, he's landed in
0: triple turn right
1: landed before in rooms I could with do anything yeah, yeah, so not only are your best laid plans messed up because he went into one room and turned a switch on that or yeah turned a switch on that you didn't want, but now he's entered three other rooms and he's turned those on as well, right. and so all that work that you maybe did under three different times or two different turns is now lost on yeah. one role that got him around the castle pretty quickly. Um, That's very true. Yes. yes. It, is a, it is a good feature.
0: I liked the new characters, um, primarily because, as I said earlier, all five characters were super unique, and these two are still unique. unique. Yeah. Um, I can see where there's a little bit of crossover on, like, this one's a little bit like that one in this one aspect or one type of action they get to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then the rest of their cards are completely different. Right. Um, and that I appreciate. The other thing I appreciate is I was worried when I got the expansion in mm-hmm. this game because I'm such, I love the insert of this game so much and it fit everything and everything had its home and it was nice that it would add too much where it wouldn't fit in that insert anymore. Because it didn't look like it was really made to have more stuff in it, it barely fits, but it does fit everything. Right. Whereas um, Lords of Waterdeep, right, doesn't doesn't, and it has a beautiful insert for the core game, but that expansion is really good mm-hmm. to not have, and then all of a sudden you have nowhere you know where to, store to store it. it. You in got one, to store it in one two
1: boxes. Box. Yeah. So this can all be stored in one which is great. Um yes. obviously a little little rearranging a little bit, but mm-hmm. it does all fit in there. Um as for the treasure tiles that are the professors? Yeah. Um I do really like them. I like that you do have that ability to have a simple easy treasure to try and get. A small win. A small win to feel yeah. good. Um you know, one of them maybe only takes two switches to turn on and then you can go get it and You know, like our one turn, like we started and that just happened to work out perfectly. Yeah. Which is nice and it feels great to start off that way. Um, The one thing with those is they only count as a half a point. So you need two of them for a full point. Or if you only end up with one and maybe only one comes out the whole time, um, you know, you're still getting four treasures. But now it's five technically because now you have four and a half. So um, so that's kind of the big thing with that one is I like them. It's also um it's also a little bit more scary cuz those are the ones that can easily get picked up by the professor. Yes. Because if you're not paying attention and it's 30 minutes to that treasure or 20 minutes to that treasure. That's not a lot. That's time. not a lot of time right. and that's you have to be in the right area at the right time to flip switches mm-hmm. to get to that treasure.
0: So overall I like it. You like it. There's a reason why you oh yeah play this game with me. So, it's so got I, a uh, lot of good things going for it. It's got a, a lot of luck going against it. If you're okay with it, great. If right. not, just know there's mm-hmm. a lot of luck involved. Um,
1: and the expansion adds a lot, which is great.
0: But it doesn't change the, the feeling too much. Yeah. And the other thing the expansion does is I appreciate the modular aspect of it where I don't feel like I need to add everything in there. Right. Every game.
1: Right. And you've gotten you know, you got three expansions. They're easy to tell apart. Yeah. They're easy to be like, okay, we're not gonna play with this one this time. You know, it's a simple I don't have to go through the box of everything and try and pull out what was the expansion.
0: Right. And there's so many other games out there that add like here's like your deck of ten cards is now twenty cards. Now you have to sort through because it it's always shuffled
1: right no none of yeah, that. yeah, no makes it easy mm-hmm, so
0: I think that does enough for citadel time yes um uh, next episode uh is our milestone fiftieth episode woohoo yeah, shocking. <laughs> um we are still under the stay at home uh order in our state, so most likely uh it'll be us again yes. And what we will do is a review of Santa Monica. Yes. Uh the brand new game by AEG. So um I believe they just started putting orders up for it. Okay. Uh with some reviews out there already. Uh, but we're gonna get ours out there too, so that uh, you can get our opinion of Santa Monica. Yeah. And then um it was we've been toting it as kind of an AMA episode. I haven't actually received anything
2: quite yet.
0: But uh, if you do have any questions for either myself or Mindy or Ricky, um, write in at Tabletop uh, on our Twitter, Tabletop Arcanum at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or TabletopArcanum at gmail.com for our email, Um, and we'll... Answer him on that question. It'll just be like a small segment if we if we get any. Yeah, any and
1: fun. we'll we'll get answers from Ricky if you submit questions, and we'll answer for you. Yeah, I mean, yes,
0: I, I can answer. Yes, he is still playing Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> well, when you're stuck at home and the person you play that with can't go anywhere, that's what that, you play. That's what you play.
0: <laughs> so, um, as always, like, subscribe. Thank you for listening. This has been Justin and Mindy. Happy gaming.
1: Happy gaming.
0: You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts.